You are listening to the Uncommon Truth Podcast, produced by the Father's House Church in Oroville, California. I'm Luke, and we created this podcast because we want to explore Christianity the way that Jesus intended it to be. If you're interested in joining us on this journey, make sure you subscribe to this podcast, or for more resources, check out changeoroville.org. Welcome to the Uncommon Truth Podcast. I'm Luke, and I'm joined as always by Stephen Vicky. Hello, Hello, Luke. We are happy to be here. And happy always, to be here. Always a pleasure having you. Yep. We are going to oh, say... Oh, I just said, yep, to, for it to be a pleasure that we're with you. <laughs> <What? laughs> you supposed to say it's a pleasure to be here with you. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And you too. That would be the proper response. Whoops. But I'll let it go this time. So, but happy anniversary. Tomorrow, 43 years. We've been married and they said it wouldn't last. Yep. Who said that, honey? Well, the pastor driving away from the ceremony <laughs> said I'd give him six months. That was our good friend, Pastor Joe Whitworth. Yeah, he yeah. thought I was a nut. Yeah, well, you were. I was, <laughs> I was pretty crazy that yeah, day. Yeah, he was crazy. It's been a great, it's been, honestly, yeah. though, it's been, I just am so blessed to yeah. be married to Steve Barcillo. And uh, yeah, me too. he's been a fabulous husband and a fabulous, fabulous friend. He's the one that led me to Jesus. And um, it's a remarkable story. And I'm it just is. really grateful. He's still the one. He's still the one. Okay, don't say the next I love it. <laughs> That's actually the best thing about. ever happened to me was getting married. Probably after G- after knowing after, G- Jesus. after really knowing Jesus, getting married is the best thing ever happened. To we me. have fun still. I was lost. As I mean, yeah, he was lost, <laughs> and I was so freaked out about getting married. Yeah, he was. He was a I, head case. I had no. I I was just so confused. I got he he led me to Jesus on May second, nineteen seventy nine, and we got married on July eighth. Yep. I wouldn't recommend that to everybody. No, I wouldn't recommend that, but it worked. But it worked. <laughs> Ignorance is <laughs> we bliss. We made it work. Uh, and we'd love 70s. to tell you we had all these hard times to get through, but we just didn't. I used to always, Steve used to, get, used to get mad at me all the time because people would come over in our first six years of marriage, and they'd start saying about would, their, their hard times. They had a hard year. This, that, the year one was hard, and, and I'd go, oh, yeah. And see what I say? Year one wasn't hard. Year one was hard. <laughs> we it's never had to a me. fight. We were like we never even had a curse no. word to each other. It was like I'd always identify with people, and he'd always get mad at me. Yeah, she's trying to identify, and I'm like, no, I, we haven't had any hard times. No. Well, we have now, though. Yes, you've had <laughs> just to let people just, off the hook. Forty-three yeah. years, I would have to menopause. say. Menopause. <laughs> and menopause uh, for him. Menopause oh, would probably be the well, biggest. For you. Thing. On that note, let's. Uh, yeah, let's <laughs> move it on. We're moving along. Yeah. It's called the we're uncommon truth. Yeah. So, last week we talked. Uh, we saw James, and we talked about cardinal joy, and the we're probably going to talk about our speech now after we just did all that. Go ahead, James. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, we just we you know we discussed the. the Having the right perspective Correct. in any circumstance and season we find ourselves in, right? And this week we're going to um, keep going through James, look at James chapter 2, okay. and we're going to start in verse uh, 14. It says, What use is it, my brethren, if someone says he has faith, but he has no works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warm and be filled, yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body, what use is that? What use? Even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. But someone may well say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without the works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. You do well. The demons also believe and shudder. But are you willing to recognize, you foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless? Oh, boy, you've lobbed him a softball. Well, there you go, Stephen. Happy anniversary. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm I'm always amazed at the way Christianity bends. It's like oh, uh, it'll get going right. God will bring correction into the world, you know. And and if you study church history, you know, church history will be a hundred percent about works because people are intimidated by the idea that I have to know God mm -hmm. and surrender to God. So they make it all about works as the sign of their surrender. And so then it'll it'll switch off there. It'd be like a bent rod that goes off to the right. Let's call that the right. And then the next the next thing people get caught up next in is, camp. is that works are completely useless and have no place and it's all justified faith. by faith. And we're saved by grace and not through faith, you know, not in that through faith. And it's just crazy. It's crazy to read what Jesus says, who God is throughout the Old Covenant, the Old mm -hmm. Testament, who God is throughout the all the way to the end of Revelation and to say that works are not important. Wow. And James says it as clearly as can be, and I don't know why, if we've included James as our biblical canon, our biblical, you know, word from God, how you could ever misunderstand this thing, mm -hmm. that we are saved by grace, and that, and the only way we could ever make it when once we have sinned to ever be with a holy God is through grace, and that through faith. So the way to get to grace is faith. First step. I have no chance on earth without grace, but how do I get grace? That's good. You may have fallen short of the glory. Maybe you know you fell short of God's glory. So how do you get favor? How do you get forgiveness? It is given as a gift, but how do you get to the gift? Mm. The gift is in there on the table. How do you get in? Well, you got to go through the door. And the door to get to grace is faith. Mm. And James is telling you that faith without works is dead. You can't have faith without acting upon it. Yeah. I was in 1975. I was very mad about Christianity. I was so sick and tired of Christianity. Uh, I was really sick of Christians. They bugged me in every way. The extreme Catholics bugged me in their ecumenalism. And the evangelicals bugged me in their, in their what I consider to be stupid love for one another. Mm -hmm. And it just, they irritated me. And so um, I had no choice. I had no chance to be, to know God or anything. And I, and I went, I was sitting in this auditorium. Uh, too long a story to tell you how I got in the auditorium today, but I'm sitting in this auditorium and there's an altar call. And the Holy Spirit was strong. And the things that had been said in this concert in between the songs and the preaching at the end to the invitation to an altar, I... Uh, I felt like I got to go. Hmm. Well, I can guarantee you if I did not get up out of that seat and go forward in front of those massive group of people and no one else was coming forward, I was alone. <laughs> now, afterwards, I think someone else did come. I never saw them there behind me. But I, I walked alone to in front of this crowd and I felt like hair on a biscuit. I felt so conspicuous. It was unbelievable. But I still had to get up and go forward. And I could have stayed in my chair and ignored and missed this, this incredible thing that was about to happen mm -hmm. to me. And I did a 20-second prayer, which also required me to agree with a Christian to pray with him and to listen to his answers. And I had to act upon my desire to have that grace which was on that let's say on that table a gift waiting for me mm -hmm. through that door i had to act upon the call and so that's how i met god that's how i was forgiven 
That's how I began this journey where the world became a different place. I only experienced God because I acted upon the call. Now, everybody agrees with that, and that is a work of faith. The thief on the cross made a statement in front of his torturers who were torturing people for saying the very thing that he just said. Mm -hmm. He made Jesus his king when the sign on the cross was about him claiming to be a king, and that's why he's being killed. And so that work of faith on the cross by the thief next to Jesus, he still had to make that, he had to make that effort of work. Wow. And so in our day-to-day -day life, okay, I made my, I made my stand. So, so work is done, faith is over. And I just don't know. Every single parable I read has a conclusion of if you bore fruit, it'll be determined at the end. If your talents were used properly and you increase your return to the Lord is judged at the end. The, the bridesmaids outside the wedding feast had oil. It was determined at the end. Right. In every everything is there's this determination in coming, and in every one of those stories, bridesmaids had to keep their oils in their lamp, mm -hmm. and the ones that didn't have it went to buy more. They worked to get more and fell short. The bearing of fruit is the working of fruit. The the sower going out to sow seeds to produce the fruit. Everything produced has to go come through works. And James is saying wow. faith without works is dead. Wow. And to sit and, and he tells all these parables about the guy who I want you all to work. And he goes away and comes back. And the, the one that said, I don't want to work, but went ahead and worked. And the one that said, I want to work, but didn't work. Which one's justified? It was clear. The one who worked is justified. Every story in the new covenant teachings of Jesus Christ is about works. And I'm always marveling at you really think that nothing is required of the Christian life to end up at the end and be judged to be the, the bridesmaids with oil or the, the wise man with who, who used his talents well and returned to the Lord or the, or the, the, the foundation on the rock yeah. as opposed to the foundation. I mean, just that one alone, the foundation on the rock is the one who hears these words of mine and acts, acts upon, upon them, right. acts upon them, who does work upon them. And I just don't understand even one, one iota of the concept that it doesn't matter what I do. Wow. When every single story says it only matters what you do. Wow. You've been given grace and that through faith. faith was, grace was received through an act of faith. You can only get grace through faith. And without works, faith is dead and will not achieve grace. Mm -hmm. And so grace is offered for free. If I will just work on it and work to it yeah. and exercise faith by the kind of faith I'm talking about, just so we work and the kind of works I'm talking about is trusting in Jesus. Right. Like my money, I either got to use it for me or I got to trust him that if I give it away, he's got more. He's going to take care of me. Just the idea of trusting that Jesus will take care of me is so out of reach of most people. And I've got to tell you, on a day-to-day -day basis, it's a stretch for me. And some days it's easy and some days it's hard. Mm. But every day it's necessary that I put into action the words of Jesus and act upon them and have my foundation on the rock. The tree bearing fruit. You know, it takes work. It's a pruning tree that doesn't bear fruit. It's cut off. It's just every single communication till you get to Revelation where it's endure to the end. 
persevere to the end, overcome to the end. It's all, it's all effort. It's not easy to persevere. (laughs) And we just read, we just read, um, kind of all joy. Yeah. Your endurance will make you perfect, complete, lacking nothing. Yeah. And, and it'll make you perfect. And so I'm on a journey to just, I fell in love back in that day in 75. And I'm not working to be saved. I'm working to be useful to him. Mm-hmm. I fell in love with Jesus. I fell in love with my father who art in heaven. And I work because I want to please him. He's pleased with me with works or without works. But I want to do for him. The kind of the way when... You know, like you have a birthday and you don't expect anything. At my age, you don't even want a birthday, (laughs) right? But someone comes along and does something. They make you a cake. They bring you a gift. They write you a card. It's really appreciated. Mm -hmm. Even though you said you didn't want it, they did it. And it's still, you love it. And it's you love to be loved. And Jesus, when you look at the Bible in, in God the Father, you look at any description of heaven, the angels are worshiping him, the saints are worshiping him. He just likes to be loved. Yeah. And Jesus made it clear, if you love me, you'll obey me. These are works. Hmm. And I don't even understand Gosh. the concept of Christianity that goes without, tries to go without works. That's really good. Vicki, anything you'd like to No, I, I, I'm incredulous too. I, I think... Um, just I was reading Luke today, I, I talked to, to you guys about mm-hmm. Luke 12 and 13 and just the talking to the religious and Jesus. Jesus was so, and I'm going to use this word, he, he could be offensive, you know, the way he talked to people. And he was, he, he was there was a black and white communication that G, Jesus had. There was no, there was no um, cause for being confused. Mm-hmm. And this James, it's like um, the way Steve just said it, it it's all about who we are and what we do. And, and the first thing is to meet Jesus. And then once you meet Jesus, that's just the door. Yeah. And then it's like, then work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Really so it's all about like, I, th- I loved what Steve said just now, which just was uh, all, you know, well, don't you get burned out? Not if you do it from the right heart. Mm-hmm. You know, if you just do works, like he said, the one camp, you'll get burned out. Mm-hmm. If the way you the reason you're doing works is to work yourself to heaven, you'll get burned out. Mm-hmm. And you'll be lost. There's the two different camps. It's one camp. It's one. Cor- it's one illustration that he, James is talking about. Working out for that's salvation. A, that's camp. a good a good point you bring up, which got me thinking. The, you know, the the Pharisees and Sadducees and all those people um, were so caught up though in in the works that they'd decided had to be done right Correct. as the people of faith. So how to? I think we sometimes. I think sometimes people's fear with works is that it, they see it as it's all just religion. Yeah. So how does that that kind of religious side of, I you know, cross checking off all these lists and doing all these things? How does that work against what James is trying to say here? Well, I think for um, it, the, th- the fact is is that he's talking about it. He's talking about the door, and the first step is, is salvation and, yeah. and faith. And, and work and the faith continues to grow and because you were forgiven much you love much yeah. so what is love it's an action so you want to do things if Steve just told me he loved me on 43 years ago and did nothing for 43 years I would not say that was an action mm-hmm. I would not feel loved by what he's not done right so so the, it's the same thing with Jesus it's like it's like it's the beginning ask Jesus in your heart he comes takes away your sins you recognize that he died on the cross for you um, you take the, the, the grace you, you, you put into your life, and then you're grateful. And then you read what he says, and he says do. 
he did. Mm-hmm. He did it all the way to the cross. He he was do, he was going night and day. Yeah. You know, and um, it's the heart. It's the heart behind it, Luke. Mm-hmm. It's it's because I've been forgiven much. I love much, and I'm doing it out of love. We've been now. I've been a Christian now, 43, and you're 47 or 48. And I don't think we've gotten burnt out. I don't feel burnout at, at all. I feel no. the joy of the Lord is my strength. And there's, it's not two different camps. It's one camp that comes together. These two streams come together for this beautiful river and grace and faith, mm. mercy and faith. That's good. Yeah. So you're saying it's, it's the motivation behind the actions. Yes, that's good. Yeah. Now, do you have anything else? No, I just think that that's, yeah. you know. Like 100%. Like 100% true. Yeah. And, you know, if we go on, it yeah. just continues to tell this story. Right. Should we read a little bit yeah, more? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we expect, okay. 21. 21. Uh, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac, his son, on the altar? You see that faith was working with his works. Wow. And as a result of the works, faith was perfected. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, And Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. That's amazing. Yeah. See, what, what happened again? Faith was perfected wow. by his works. Yeah. And that hasn't changed through Jesus Christ. Yes. Faith is still faith. Nothing's changed. Faith is an element of Jesus. It is the element of God. When you put on the armor of God, you put on the, you know, faith, the shield of faith, That's right? Really and it's the same. It is putting on God's spirit, putting on, in this case, Jesus Christ, and in their case, God's presence. It is faith that shields you from everything. From in, in what we read in our in the New Covenant, from the arrows of the enemy, the the attacks of your spiritual warfare. And faith being perfected, I mean, who doesn't want a perfect shield? Hmm. You know, who doesn't want a perfect result in trust? Like in counting on God, my results are perfect. Hmm. In in counting on God, my efforts are perfect. And it says here that through my works, my faith will be perfected. It's just awesome what James writes down here in how, number one, Jesus calls us to be perfect as our Father in heaven is perfect. And then James is telling us how to be perfected. Yeah. You know, and then here he's saying, our faith, which is part of me, is perfected through works. Hmm. Who, I mean, I, I haven't, I don't believe I've seen my worst trials, hmm. uh. right? Definitely one of us is going to see a tri- the worst trial of our life one day when we are ripped apart by death. Hmm. And on that day, we should really try before that day comes to have a really strong faith yeah. that's perfected. And I think I can't imagine people who haven't perfected or even worked really on perfecting good. of their faith or even believed in the perfecting of their faith or even thought it was necessary to, to perfect their faith, when they face the incredible things like birth defects and childhood illnesses and, and, and close friends dying yeah. and suffering of loved ones and, the, and just the absolute insanity of the world, and, you know, we like to say it's most insane today, but it, it isn't. Nero burned Rome and blamed the Christians. You know, Hitler, Hitler, Chiang Kai-shek, yeah. Mao Zedong. It's just there have you know, places on the earth where it's been way worse than it is today. 
and in times, you yeah. know. It's crazy, the Roman Empire and what it did to anyone it didn't like. And, you know, how all these different crazy times where people lived in way worse circumstances than we're in. And when you're faced with such horrible circumstances, where, what, how does your faith hold up? Mm. Well, perfect faith. You can read about it in the Colosseums of Rome where the historians wrote these people died with joy. Yeah. And they were being killed by all kind of being run over by chariots. They were being slain by gladiators. They were being eaten by wild animals. My gosh, attacked and killed by wild. And they had joy. And it was a and they quit doing it because it was a public display of Christian faith in action. Hmm. I've never suffered anything like that, and I hope I never do. But if I do, I better have some perfect faith. Wow. I cry all the time. I cry out to the Lord, where is the book of Acts Church in the 21st century? And, um, well, we're not facing those kinds of things, mm -hmm. and so we haven't perfected our faith. We're not doing what the book of Acts Church did and sold all that they had to make sure that those who don't have anything can have some. Wow. We're not. The church is not what's taking care of the poor in America. The government is, and we're happy to let the government do it. When the church, when when COVID comes up and the church is deemed ir unnecessary, non-essential, by by politicians across the country, and the church rises up to complain, what do you mean non-essential? Well, the church wasn't allowed, wasn't given anything out anyway. The church wasn't taking care of the poor. The church wasn't taking care of the lost. It wasn't taking care of the pain and suffering. It wasn't where people go. Only seventy some years before in in Los Angeles, people went to Angeles Temple to be taken care of. Amy would take care of them. Amy Semple McPherson and the Four Square Church would take care of them in Echo Park in Los Angeles just that time ago. That church was essential. Those people relied on that church to eat during the Depression. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't the case with COVID. The church wasn't essential. The government wasn't wrong. The church wasn't the go-to for everybody that was scared. People are afraid of COVID. They didn't run to sit in the church and say, God saved me because the church had abdicated its position because it quit believing in the works of faith. Wow. That faith the, is the works, works, the works of, of faith. faith. It's good. Yeah. That make faith perfected. And so when we face wow. trials, we face good. tribulations, we're not ready for it. If, if we did have a Roman Colosseum, we, we, right now we wouldn't, they wouldn't, look at it as a spectacle and have to shut it down because it was our faith and our joy in dying mm -hmm. was such a spectacle that people were becoming Christian in droves yeah. at the risk of being put in the Colosseum with us. No, that's not happening today because we are in a season. We are in one of those seasons of works are not re not necessary. In fact, works are a negative. If yeah. you believe in works, you are a cult, right? Mm -hmm. And so they, they really sold this well to make it so there can't be a good response to crisis. Hmm. And the church needs to rise up and say, no, we are essential. You can count on us. Yeah. Come to us and we will help you. And we will, we will be the, if you come to us and our prayers will be powerful, our God will rescue you. And, and that's what the church needs to reclaim in America more than we need to reclaim anything else. And, and it's, it's true in England, too. It's yep. true in Canada. It's true in all the countries of the Western Prosperity. countries of the world that have their Christian influence has totally shrunk. Yeah. Instead of the world telling us that we're the great negative, we're the great intolerant, 
we need to be the great lovers of all who come without without compromising our true message of God is holy. That's good. And all who approach him must reproach him in holiness and works of holiness and works of righteousness and works of mercy. Mm. And that's what the church should be known for, but it isn't. Mm. I at least want that to be known. I think here in Oroville, we've achieved something, even over it's only if it's only these last 10 years. There is a really good percentage of the population of Oroville that believes the Father's house is is there for them, and they can come to the Father's house for help. And other churches, too, in Oroville yeah, and, are out yeah. there and like yeah. doing works of Jesus. Yeah. Lots of churches in Oroville. And the other thing that's happened in these last 10 years, finally, after all this time, is other people have seen what we're doing and said, yes, we want to do that, too. Mm-hmm. And I think the Church of Oroville is becoming, again, close to being essential for the next outbreak of COVID or the next outbreak or the next crisis. The next challenge, yeah. The next challenge and the next... And so, it's got, it's got and besides that, that's that was a worldwide, you know, craziness. Yeah. And even we'll call it a pandemic. But what about the individual pandemic? Like what we went through with our granddaughter suffering for three years mm. from four to seven and dying. And what we, you know, saw when our house burned down, the incredible emergency of your house burning down. So many people... We think we got out of the scot-free. We think we did really good. But just the other day, there was a fire, and the wind was blowing the smoke towards our house, and we both realized, no, we still suffer from this fire. We didn't think we did, but we still do. But our faith saw us through. I mean, when I look at the depth of our suffering, where we keep staring at this fire, is it coming at us? Like, nobody else is staring at the fire, but we had our house burned Mm -hmm. down in a fire. So we're looking at the fire coming at us. And I realized, yeah, we were affected a great deal. But think back when it happened. We hit it. We hit it rolling in stride. We hit it with great joy. We hit it with worship, and um, I know. Hey, we succeeded a little bit. Our works have had their effect. Our faith has been maybe not perfect, but it's been perfected. Yeah. It's being perfected, and I think that's really this, the message here that I don't understand. Some people say, "Well, I just don't read James anymore." <laughs> well, you, I get it. I get why you don't read James anymore. Because, man, he hits it nail right on the head with this works thing. There's no, Paul says sometimes says a lot so you can lose yeah. sight of what he's saying. But Paul, James even yeah. here just sort of says bang, bang, bang. He James's just, dad yeah. was a carpenter. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just tell you. Yeah. We need more carpenters speaking out. <laughs> James's dad was a carpenter. You know, as, I, as I'm thinking about this, it's what's happened with the two camps of faith or mm-hmm. and or no faith or works and not putting them together. Yeah. Is there has been a demonization um, of the works message. of the works message? Yeah, it's like you don't have to do anything, and I think you know, and and, and I get it, you know, but it's it's I it, what I would say to you if you're listening and you you're not sure you agree with what we're saying is just to read the the, the New Testament. Just go to, just go today and go read read Luke twelve to fourteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are words of Jesus, um, and it's like. Read, read Jesus. Read the words of Jesus yeah. and what he says. This is Paul, right? Mm-hmm. James. This James. Is James. Paul. Yeah, I knew that. Um, I'm just a little confused. I'm, I'm, I'm almost Medicare. So um, James, uh, I thought it was Paul James. James Paul. Just kidding. James. Um, James. <laughs> anyway, um, I mean, honestly, this is spelled out so. So you have to just disregard everything he's saying. Yeah. I, and I don't understand the two camps. You have to disregard so many things that Jesus has said. To not think that faith is a door to works, and they go hand in hand. I don't. I don't even understand the confusing, confusing message. If you're 
reading the Bible, if you're reading the New Testament mm-hmm. to how you should live, yeah. uh, it's 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 really there in black and white, very yeah. very succinct. There are two things that Clear. from what, what we've been saying really stand out to me. The, the first is, I think, going to the to what James wrote is he, he starts with a very simple example of like, you know, if you see your brother hungry and, yeah, and cold and, and, and you don't give him anything, then what, you know, do you really have faith, right? What good is it that going to do? And I think that one of the reasons why we maybe have seen the decline of the church being essential um, is because maybe we've become unwilling to pay that cost to me of, oh, I have to give him some of, I have to spend some of my money to give him food or take the shirt off my back or, you know, we've become a little bit more consumed with ourself, right? So the selfishness thing, right? So could we speak a little bit to that, like that in order to be like Christ or to have the faith that we see that there's a need to get past ourselves? Well, it's it's really the um, the me, me, me generation. I think it really happened with our generation, the, the, yeah. the baby boomers. I think we're coming off of World War II. I think those people were not, I think I think we really lost it between the 50s and, the, and, and now. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, I think the 60s, um, we become really, um, comfort focused yeah. and for me I'd rather just give you money than to kind of go do anything I'd rather just my time is so valuable mm-hmm. I would and you're gonna if you waste my time I really don't like that so and that's a lot you know so it's like I'd rather give you money you know because it's like it comes and goes anyway and I think um, this is really where the our Waterloo is for all of us as Christians is is the words of Jesus are they really should provoke you mm-hmm. to action if the words to Jesus don't provoke you to action, but inaction, I don't think you're reading the words of Jesus because they're so thought-provoking and they're so convicting. Yeah. And I'm not saying con- condemning, I'm saying convicting that the Holy Spirit's always trying to correct me, you know. Um, you know, I, the, the biggest thing I hear as, as a Christian is like, you know, um, you know, because most cities have um, homeless people on the streets mm-hmm. and, you know, they have the, the placard up and... Um, we just really believe that you should give to any man that asks. And, you know, the, of course, the response is, well, he's just going to buy drugs or he's mm-hmm. going to buy, she's going to buy alcohol. And that's really not on us. I don't, if they come up to me and ask, I, I give to them. Mm-hmm. You know, unless, of course, it's an unsafe, you know, I'm a woman in an unsafe situation. But for the most part, I really try to live that. And then some, I don't always do that perfectly. But it's, it is, it's, it's like, why, you know, give them, give them the food, give them mm-hmm. the money. You know, because then, then it some doesn't doesn't Jesus say sometimes it could be angels in disguise? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, I think this is the hardest thing yeah. is to really give of yourself and your time, and and uh, I think probably Steve has more to say to that. Well, if you'd ask the question again, in um, th- the what James says requires a cost from ourselves, right? In right. order to feed someone or clothe someone, yes. there's a cost, and I think yes. today maybe we're more, the co- we're not willing to pay the cost. So how do we how do we make that transition? Like move past the sort of self. Well, we think it's not required, right? You know, and, <laughs> That's good. We, so we ignore Jesus's words in right. in it's Matthew twenty five of "I was yeah. hungry and you fed me not." Wow, because and it's un- because it, it's unconditional. That's right. We think that his that everything is unconditional. There's yeah, no they, conditions. They really sell the unconditional mm-hmm. love, and they move it out to unconditional everything, mm-hmm. and it just isn't. Everything is conditioned upon your response. My That's response good. in that crowd, my response after leaving that building, my mm-hmm. life of walking, um, I'm just living in the next next kind of test range you know and i think that um that's good in matthew and jesus's teachings throughout the uh, gospels it's all about 
responding to the poor. It's all about the gospel being preached to the poor. I was hungry and you fed me not. To the least of these, my brethren. Ignoring the guy at your gate. You know, he says, I, I've lived these. Uh, the one guy says, I've lived these uh, commandments on my life. And he says, you have not loved your neighbor as yourself. You'd have to go sell all that you have and give it to the poor. And then maybe you, you obeyed that commandment because you've already done so many, you know. The Shangri-La story, right? Yeah, yeah. you've lavished on yourself so yeah. many gifts and talent and things. That you have a lot of catching up to do is basically <laughs> what he was saying. But here in this verse, our next verse in in James, mm-hmm. it says this. It says, uh, um, we just said, and he was called the friend of God. Verse 24 mm-hmm. says, you see that a man is justified by works mm-hmm. and not by faith alone. Wow. How do you ignore that? Mm-hmm. I mean, just, I mean, I, I can talk. We're going to talk here for 40 minutes. And really, you just kind of got to read that <laughs> verse and say, okay. Yeah. That's it. And see, and, and he's bringing up Rahab and Abraham and yeah. them because they don't have, you know, a lot of people that we, 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 he's preaching to people that don't have the history of Israel, right? So we don't have a historical evidence for him to refer to. They've got written evidence that's yeah. been shared to generation after generation. And James is a Jew. He might be the joseph's son but he's also a jew Mm -hmm. and he was raised under all these rules you know the rules of the old covenant right and plus all the stories of his his patriarchs and all of the history of israel and so he's using those examples to spell out what god is like and god says i change not he said that i'll never change Mm -hmm. and then he says faith is not is justified by works and not by faith alone you cannot just get grace through faith and be justified Hmm. Faith must be worked. You tell me about your faith, I'll tell you about the, my works, which which mean I have faith. That's good. And that's how we pay the cost. If you don't have this teaching, if you don't have this belief, if you're not, if you're not fully engaged in this belief that because he offered me grace, I have loved him. And because I love him, I must do stuff for him. Mm. I do stuff for my children. I love them. Wow. I do stuff for my wife. I love her. Yeah. But because he's allowed me to know him and I have loved him for his forgiveness, I'm going to work for him. And if I don't, then I probably am only using words and I'm probably not really sincere. And then paying the cost is of, of, of obedience, like to give to any man who asks of me. The cost of that means if, if that's a bother to me, then I don't really trust that God's going to take care of me. Wow. So... Vicky's point is, I think, of saying that things being unconditional, and it's a given. It's kind of like I'm, I'm forgiven. It's given. His blood pays the price, Correct. and I then take for granted my response in it. So it's kind of like I, I've got it already. I'm good. So I, I there's no. It feels like maybe no there's no requirement. Mm-hmm. That's really good. That's and I think that's the um, communication I hear a lot in yeah. Christianity is that there's no requirements. I got saved on Mar- on uh, May second, 1979, mm-hmm. and it was unconditional. And it was. He died on the cross while I was yet a sinner. Mm. And but it doesn't stop there. Mm. That's not the end of the story. That's really good. You have to read the, the all the all the words of Jesus is what he says. And he talked a lot to the religious and I, I don't want to be a religious person. I want to because I want my love to look like something. I wanna give my life away and I, not perfectly. I hope one day my, my, my works and my faith will be perfected, but I'm on a journey and I'm better than I was um, 43 years ago. I'm way less selfish 
though I'm still selfish. Mm. Though I was, I'm way less selfless than I was, but I still way, way, too, yeah. way more I, selfless. I'm way, yes, opposite. I'm I'm more selfless than I ever have been, but I'm still not where I need to be. I still have the fighting of the flesh, and that's I think that's that's the. The, the war inside of us is a fighting of our flesh all the time because we're so into comfort, like you said. It's in, you know, like I had said before, the world is so much more into comfort than in Jesus' time. Mm. The guy walked around in sandals and, you know, and didn't have, yeah. didn't have any water, basically, and no, they had to cook everything fresh, and we just, we get, everything's at our beck and call. Yeah. So. That's really good. Requirements, that's good. Yeah. And the second thought I had before, which maybe ties into this too, is, um, one was the cost, and the other was the that uh, our faith is, you know, our, our knowledge and our understanding and our belief in who God is. And we, we talked about this a little bit last time, that when we face a trial, when something goes wrong, our definition of who God is comes into question, oh, right? Yeah. Like, you, I thought you were good, or I thought you were yes, this, right? that's so good. Um, and I, I just think in the, the require, the, sorry, the, the, what's the word, the, faith having requirements something being expected of us you know a, a giving of ourselves like if we factor that into our faith that he is holy and he requires something of us then maybe when things don't go our way we won't suddenly uh lose sight of what's real you know we kind of like if it's all about me essentially because it's all about my he, he's here to uh meet my needs to forgive me to clean me to do all of that then when he doesn't do what i expect him to do then well who is he what whereas if we have a definition of god that is the way he defines himself then Maybe my faith requires more of me. Yeah, and I think I think for Steve and I, we've been doing this long enough, especially at the Father's house. Um, I think it's coming on 25 years. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's exactly what happens to people's faith, because their faith is is maybe it's not about works, or maybe their faith is is on what they they who they say God is, and not, they don't really know the identity of God. Yeah. And not that anybody really knows the identity of God, but reading the words of, of who God says He is and who what He requires. I think when, when there is a tragedy, because every one of us is going to face a death in their life, it's just the way it is. And, and you said it about, you know, you can't just conjure it up. In the know, moment. At the moment, you got to work out your salvation and stuff. So that's really good is that, um, you know, it's, it, I just lost my whole train yeah. of thought, but it was really going to be good. <laughs> Go ahead, Steve. <laughs> it was going to be it great. It was going to yeah. change your life, yeah. Kevin. <laughs> you got nothing? Yeah, no. Well... <laughs> You know, this this is it's a really straightforward scripture, and I think it's it's, so it's one of those where you 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 know you read it for what it is, and you know Steve's got that's something. It. So read, read it. Steve read now it. has something. That's really it. Think. Read read the Bible for what it is. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. it. Well, if you can just read the Bible for what it is, and in, in the words of Jesus and the words of James, go ahead. Let it teach you. Let, let it teach you. Yeah. Don't try to make just straightforward. It prove what you want it to prove. Yeah. Let it, it. Let what you think be from it. Yeah. You know, let it teach you. Not you teach it. That's right. Yeah. Not you try to make it, make your way and make your, your point. But yeah. earlier you said that about, you know, when God doesn't do what you want him to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The number one effect of that isn't necessarily judging God as much as it is saying he must not like me. Mm-hmm. Wow. He's not interested in me. He, you know, and I'm Which like. Which we hear all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's constant. Like, you know, he, he rejected me. He didn't come to me. He didn't do what I asked him to do. I'm very shocked when people think that's what matters you know uh that he doesn't love you well the cross of jesus christ is the ultimate work right and the cross of jesus christ is spoken of 
over and over in the Bible as the proof of God's love. Mm -hmm. And so let's just start with the premise, God loves you. It is proven in the cross of Jesus Christ. And the reason for the cross, you have to know the reason. To pay the penalty for the world's sin, to win man back to God. He wants you with him, so he did this. To pay the penalty of your sins. And holiness demands it. And um, so off the table should be God doesn't love me. Hmm. He doesn't care about me. You get to control God is what you're trying to say. If you can't control God, he doesn't love you. And that's kind of the way the human race treats itself now. And if I can't control you, you you know you don't love me. Right. And and if you love me, you'll do exactly what I want you to that's do. That's right, exactly. And that's just you'll not you got to let God teach you about relationship between man and God. And the fact that I can even have a relationship with God, I mean, that knowing who I am. Hmm. And so, if He doesn't do what I ask, the first thing I think is He just doesn't. You know, He does something about me. He's mad at me. He doesn't like me. When I got to go back to know the cross proves that's not true. He did that to have me. He yeah. did that to make a bridge back to him so that I could be with him. So let's just let's just get that nonsense off the table and say, no, he loves me. He wants me with him. So that I can then begin to ask in faith. And faith would be this. I can count on him to t- take care of me the way a father takes care of a child. <clears throat> My little toddler grandchildren never doubt their dad. Mm. None of them. I got three great dads for my grandchildren. They love their children, and they never have to doubt their dads. Their dads are going to take care of them. And that's exactly the way you and I are supposed to be with God. We don't doubt he will take care of us, and that's faith. Right. And that's a work. That's really good. Because the world is telling you, you're going to die. It's going to be horrible. Mm -hmm. You're going to be alone. You're going to be impoverished. You're going to be starving. There's pain in your future. That world, world is just selling that, man. Mm-hmm. The victimization fear. of mankind fear. is the absolute, and the fear of victimization is the absolute sales job of every media outlet out there that I know of. And I just don't want to live that way. I want to trust God, which is all by itself a work of faith. That's really good. <clears throat> and that work of faith is going to produce amazing results. Yeah. If your result is that you want joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, wow. Go on. There's four more. Self-control. Anyway, self-control is one. Anyway, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And I mean, who doesn't want more joy? Who doesn't want more happiness? Who doesn't want more love? Who doesn't want more peace? I mean, these are the, this is what works produce faith and faith produces fruit. Good. And the, and you can't have in this, these, these verses in James hundred percent say it's through works. Wow. Not through works day. alone, but not through through just a stated faith alone either. The requirements. And if, I, I suppose if I believe that he is going to take care of me, mm-hmm. then when someone in front of me asks me for something, then I can give of my what I have because I know right. he's going to provide for That's me. Right. And I want to be like him. Right. I, I want him to give to yeah. me when I ask. Yeah. I want to be like him. I should give to them when they ask. That's really good. I think hopefully we've given you something to think about. Yeah, I hope so. And to, you know, to pray about it, read it, and let's uh, let's have a faith that's alive and well. Amen. That works. Wow. Bless you guys. Yeah. Yeah. See you next time. God bless you. Have a great week. You've been listening to the Uncommon Truth. Thank you so much for making us a part of your podcast routine. We really hope you enjoyed our conversation today, and would love to get your feedback. You can tell us what you think about today's show at uncommontruthpodcast at gmail.com. 
You can also get in touch to ask questions for Steve and Vicky or suggest a subject you'd like to hear covered. Either way, we'd love to feature your comments on an upcoming episode. If you're new to the show or just haven't done so yet, please take a moment to leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps push the show up the charts so more people can find us. If you know someone who would enjoy the types of conversations that happen on The Uncommon Truth, click share on the podcast app of your choice or send them to uncommonpodcast.com. Until next time, have a great week and keep running after Christianity the way Jesus meant it to be.